0: Let's do this. Beautiful human animals. Welcome to part two, round two, of a very special free farm two-part episode of everything we do. I've already got a couple of legit episodes of Better Health and World in the Hopper, and I'm gonna dump them all this week because I wanna keep everything fresh and I don't I'm not gonna have any more of a backlog. So you're gonna get some bonus episodes because of that. At Jonah's MMA, our resident MMA historian, also my fellow health enthusiast and cultural commentarian. Already recorded uh, our sister show, Better Fight Cast, with a former regular member of our cast of characters here, Sean Neubauer at MMA underscore Insomniac. So look for that and this and Better Health and World all on Apple Podcasts. So we're going to – we just kind of decided we're going to talk about anything and everything and whatnot. You should check out part one where we talked uh, mostly just about all movie and TV talk and the nature of the form and the medium and art and cultural reflections of humanity as well as specifics like spoiler-free reviews Uh, yet still current of The Walking Dead and Aliens and James Cameron Terminator movies and what else are we talking about? We went all over the place. All
1: over the place with movies. Yeah. It's just a shameless mix. And mash. Joe, Joe
0: tried to school me on some shameless.
1: It's like a jingle uh, jangle just 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 keep your ears yeah. open and be open In yeah. a
0: in a bit Joe is going to school us some more on MMA. I've been this I've actually really gotten gotten deep on some some UFC and some MMA this week
1: how could you not I'm um, the consummate rookie I'm
0: I, I, I'm it's the whole world did yeah. I'll put
1: it that way when your mother um, and grandmother's asking you what's going on with that Conor McGregor guy you yeah. know you've hit a different plateau of success right
0: so we're gonna we're gonna do kind of a meld of better health and world with the healthy health living and uh, better fight casts our you know our flagship programs there uh, in a bit that's pretty much what this is gonna be for the most part uh, You could just listen to, I guess it would be, installment of Just Dessert at the end of Most Better Health and Worlds. We talk about cultural artifacts. I am, I would say, and uh, sort of an expert on the subject. Uh, You can hear my credentials in the previous episode. Credential writer, worked with some journalistic aspirations in academia and have done some filmmaking myself and I've just been a student of the form for a very long time and it's something that sort of seeps into my my knowledge and uh, Joe seems to be along the same the same wavelength as me on that just a passion for the the art forms and in an itchified society that we've got movies are one things that really do bind people because people watch a lot of different tv shows listen to a lot of different kinds of music Movies are fascinating.
1: <clears throat> plus, have you ever met anybody that says I don't like movies? I mean, you have like they say they a don't like specific breed. kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. Some people don't want to put the
0: time into movies, and I get that. People that listen to songs more often than movies because it, it you can you can consume the entire piece in three minutes or eight minutes for something exceptionally ridiculously long. But for movies, these even if they don't like genres, there's nobody you can meet that doesn't like hours, it. right? Um, so we'll, we'll touch on movies before we blur the line between Better Health and World, Better Cast. I'm going to talk a little healthy living easy, but I do just to kick off this little bonus round of movie talk after the, the, the long rounds we went in part one of this little project we got here. It's a little experiment. The whole thing is an experiment, really. The whole, the whole, whole thing, really. Um, uh, last week, which you might not hear last week, I actually, this is already up. I posted it right away, even though you're going to hear, I'm going to be dumping a bunch of other episodes, so the timeline might be a little confusing, but for the episode that is already up as of April 11th, um, I reviewed Ready Player One, I was very satisfied with it, but I mistakenly thought that the star of the movie was also the person who starred in the fan, the most recent version of Fantastic Four as well as what I was describing as that drum movie with the guy who was in, who, who played... J. Jonah Jameson in, spy, in the Spider-Man movies and in the Allstate commercials. I don't even know if I got that far. I don't even know how i describe the guy. He's also, I think, the new Jim Gordon, which is weird to me, but that's fine, because he's great, but it also, I really like Gary Oldman as Jim Gordon in the Dark Knight trilogy, and I'll just, a little callback there, uh, Joe made a very strong argument for that being the best trilogy ever, and it's that's, <coughs> that's tied with Back to the Future, I guess you would say, and b hall lore for the moment because they both have their flaws but they're both excellent and they're both complete much more than like lord of the rings or star wars which would be the runner-ups i would say as far as just storytelling and being cohesive and not being too long-winded in the beginning in the end which is the problems problem with lord of the rings and i guess I don't know, as far as Star Wars goes, Empire is just so much better than the first and the third, objectively. And Return of the Jedi really might be much, much better than A New Hope if you really get down to it. And that's the controversial thing to say, probably. So I'll reconsider at a future date. So, Ty Sheridan is the star of Ready Player One. He was phenomenal, just as Miles Teller was phenomenal as the star of Fantastic Four. And Whiplash is the drum movie. And I saw about 45 minutes of this movie. Up, I saw like basically this, the last third or the second half of this movie. It got a lot of hype. It's one of those Oscar-y movies. Like I kind of was trashing those kind of movies. It seemed like they're just going for an award. But sometimes some of these movies are just genuine from the heart you don't know how far where does it come from are they trying to fit that formula to get awards and to make the festival circuit and that kind of thing or is this great and from what i saw that movie seem seems seems great seems like it's worth worth the hype Again, it's one of but those really deep dramas like that where the whole thing seems a little bit torturous, and that's what makes it seem like it belongs to be part of the canon and part of literary greatness. Also, makes you kind of me, at least, not really want to revisit it because I like revisiting superhero movies and action comedies that are brilliant enough to make them 100% action and 100% comedy at the same time, which is such a really fine, underappreciated thing to be considered as art. <coughs> and, uh, I mean, I try not to rewatch stuff anyway. I, I like to consume new material, but... Uh, I like I like the stuff that has all... the, the whole spectrum of things, because a really great action comedy is going to have a great storyline, and it's going to have that 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 depth to it at, at points that really drives it it's you know just the, the seasoning to make it to make it go to really make it a great movie mm-hmm. so they don't all need it to be a great action comedy something like the big hit with Mark Wahlberg is one of the earliest examples I ever saw of this and I, I still I, I would it's been a while since I've seen it but I bet that movie holds up it was his follow-up to Boogie nights which is interesting his oscar movie that mm-hmm. put him on the map as an actor, really. I mean, he was in Fear before that, as the stalker trying to get into, I believe it was Wreath Witherspoon's family super high security house. He was like an ex-boyfriend. And that was like his first movie. I guess it set him up to do Boogie Nights and then his follow-up was the big hit, which was offbeat. Lou Diamond Phillips was the, I guess, the second Christina Applegate was in it. Interesting movie. Very. Have you ever seen it? You know, what I'm talking about. I liked about. it. Yeah, funny. It was, it was like funny at the time when it action. came out, it was
1: kind of hip. Was it? I thought it was. I felt like it was. It, it was, seemed it was like, like it a, had a hip vibe to it. At yeah, least I don't know if um, the
0: people thought it was hip or if the yeah, if the people thought it was hip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was. It was different. I mean, I want to say it came out in the '90s, right? Like mid '90s. That sounds about right. Yeah. Or late. I don't know. It just. It just seemed like it was '99ish. It was different. It was a romantic comedy that was just different. Action hit band comedy. Uh,
0: Ty Sheridan, the star of Ready Player One, I should mention, was, uh, he was in the Divergent series. I'm pretty sure it said. And he was definitely the kid opposite Matthew McConaughey in Mud. Or wait. Maybe Miles Teller was the one in the Divergent series. Ty Sheridan of Ready Player One Fame is in X-Men Apocalypse, so he's the new he's the new Scott Summers. Miles Miles Teller, the Fantastic Four whiplash guy, is in Insurgent as Peter. Oh, uh, I don't know if he outlived that Oh! He was in the second one as Peter too, so he definitely outlived the first movie. And I guess maybe they never made a third movie. I can't remember if that was the one or if it was the fourth movie that never got made. Those two movies, those two movies are pretty dope. If there were three of them, I know I saw all of them. They were dope. And if it was the third one that didn't get made or the fourth one that didn't get made and is most likely never, ever going to happen, that's a shame. They couldn't finish off that series because that was... It was interesting because it was that that was the kind of movie that was made in the shadow of the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. to you know capitalize on a thing. And it's funny because I think it might be one of those things where the book, where that book predates the Hunger Games books, maybe. So it's like, oh, all the source materials earlier. That's all we have. Oh, you're just trying to copy off us, even though the people are going to think that we're trying to ride your coattails. And I thought that the second movie was much better than the first movie. And if there was a third movie, whatever, uh, you know, the, the, they, they evolved it. Like at first it seemed like it could have been a tired riding the coattails of The Hunger Games kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I thought it was – I thought the overall, if you average up how good all of the movies are compared to the, the average, like it was better than The Hunger Games because those, uh, those went downhill for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you – like the first one was great. And then the second one was kind of like the second Halloween movie, the original John Carpenter Halloween movie that set the stage for there wouldn't be Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees without Michael Myers. I'm pretty sure we looked that up and Halloween predates those and I'm yeah, I think he and you know John Carpenter, he's one of those people that could could almost be in the conversation of best director, but he wouldn't make the final cut, so I guess he wouldn't be in the you know. But he's done some revolutionary things, and he's done he's, he's different, he's done a wide variety of things too. He's not just, I mean, he did a Salt on Precinct 13, he's not just a
1: horror guy, like John Carpenter is legit. I remember John Carpenter's Vampires? That was good, I was into that because, like, I, I, was, I was, but it into wasn't vampires. great. It was yeah, good, but it you wasn't thought, great. You know, it right? was cool. It was cool. I was like, yeah, James Woods. I love James Woods. I don't see you love James Woods. Exactly. Like, when you saw the previews, you thought it was going to be the best movie ever. And it was pretty cool. It was, <laughs> it was, It was like, good, but I think the expectations were so high. Right. I mean, you had everything. Team of Vampire hunter. Yeah, it's like. I think that was before Blade. Everything was clicking on all the right cylinders, but it just. No. Yeah, yeah. It was good. It, it was, was good, good but not great. It was good, but not great. You'll watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll If you start it, you'll finish it. And that's. That says something about a movie to me. Right.
0: Um, I I think I've tied up all the... you know. And again, one more time, I actually think I mentioned it in the very first time, the very first movie episode of Better Health and World, which I think was back when I was... It it was back when I was still numbering them, and I believe it was episode number four was the first movie podcast I did, because we were talking about the Razzies in that year, Fantastic Four, the Miles... Teller version was up for nomination. I don't know if it won or not. I think Adam Sandler might have won for something else that year. Maybe Pixels, which was also a great movie. And I will defend the Fantastic Four revamp. I like the original two Fantastic Fours also. All three Fantastic War movies that I've seen. Uh, for their times that they came out, and they would even still hold up to, you know, to a point. I mean, obviously, they're not part of the MCU right now, but... Mm-hmm solid movies the first two Fantastic War movies pair together nicely and tell a good story and are good bookends of each other and Silver Surfer was cool Galactus was weak, but it doesn't kill the whole movie and it was cool and I'm you know spoiler alert glad that the Reed Richards and Sue in that universe which Mm -hmm. we'll never see again got married in the end of the second movie like you know it makes me happy that that story ended like that so that's Mm -hmm. cool um, <clears throat> so I will defend that movie. It's worth seeing. I think it came out at in an inopportune time and suffered from a few poor choices that ultimately don't really affect the story at all. And you get to see Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan, as you know his first his first run as a superhero as the Human Torch, and he was solid. You know it was he was solid. It was just I think that. People, it was too much. People felt like, it, you know, if you could observe that movie in a vacuum and forget the other Fantastic Four movies happened and forget that Age of Ultron and Ant-Man had just come out and it was just after the masses were able to catch their breath from what it is to live in the era of superhero movies taking over the cinemas. You know, they ruled. Mm-hmm. They rule. Absolutely, they rule. And this, and like we're we're all, right now we're in the pre we're in the this is we're in the prologue, the prelude to Infinity War, like what you know we're all just waiting, we're all just waiting, like that's. This is going to be some next level stuff. When Avengers came out, when that first Avengers movie came out, and they were able to tie all those franchises together and all those
1: superstars, it was mother, surreal. Like that, like that, it was surreal. Like
0: how, how did you balance? Now that? it's like Marvel's lived up to this thing that? where like
1: even the regular, like that's it's supposed J- to specialize Joss in one Whedon's superhero. Doing. That was Joss Whedon's doing. You like expect he... like mini Avengers out of those? I mean, come on, Captain America: Civil War wasn't, it? That was an Avengers movie. Come on, look how many people were in. How many characters? It was a great balance, but it's still focused on Captain America.
0: They it really did. pulled it off. It that did. was the, That's the Russo brothers. That's the directors. But, that's the directors. And i argue this. They, I think I've argued this before. That's the same directors of this movie that were about but, that's
1: about to come out. Captain America Civil War might have had the best fight season in all of Marvel's fight scenes. It was so good. at yeah, that airport scene. The Spider-Man debut, Ant-Man, everything mm. about it. It was perfect. It was mm. just so good. And now it's nostalgic because, like, Black Panther became really popular afterwards. Mm-hmm. So now people are going back in time because they are fell in love with the Black Panther character. And they're watching that one again and realizing that that's where Black Panther pretty much originated. Like, that was the fight scene. It was just so good. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was, it, it definitely, wow. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. We'll talk some
0: more. We'll get our chance to sit down and really break down some MCU before Infinity War comes out. we got a couple of weeks left. And we'll have a good sit-down.
1: Uh, yeah, that'll be good to break down. I'm very excited about that. Well, movie. I'm I'm gonna start wa- watching Marvel movies here real soon, leading mm-hmm. up to Infinity War. I'm gonna tie up the loose ends I haven't seen yet. Oh yeah, and that's Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy too. Ooh, those are I haven't seen both of those. They are need excellent. to tie up those loose They're ends. They're excellent. They're excellent. Um, because I mean, I already saw Doctor Strange obviously in Thor Ragnarok. And it was pretty neat. It was so surreal what he was. It'll doing. It'll be cool. His
0: movie's cool. His yeah. movie's
1: cool. His origin story and everything. What he goes, it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. I was happy with Doctor Strange very much. So I'm 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 excited. But um, I heard you got into a movie franchise over these past couple of days, and we wanted to discuss. And that was uh, I heard you saw Jumanji with The Rock and Kevin Oh yeah, Hart that's right, and Jack Black and and all of that. I mean, that was like the number one movie. It was number one for a long time. Made like a billion dollars in the box office. I touched on it in part one of uh, this little experiment we got
0: going here, how The Rock really just makes anything entertaining. Like, mm-hmm. he is just, he carries such a presence. You know
1: what? If you were a pro wrestling fan, you already knew that. Honestly, yeah. that guy just, he's magical in everything he does. He, mm-hmm. he genuinely is. Mm-hmm. It makes any character believable. Mm-hmm. That—that's. Yeah, I mean, he
0: just kills it. He makes it. And... This movie had a lot of other stuff going on where it really didn't have to rely on the rock being the main character. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, it was glorious. I and I'm not. I mean, I saw Jumanji and I appreciated the original Jumanji, but I'm not. You know, and I love me some Robin Williams, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Doubtfire, Hook. Mm-hmm. Like there there movie. We were you talking know, about before. You know we didn't bring up earlier Robin, it was Google Hunt. Rob, yes, yes. That I knew there was a there was something like that. And you know you could say Patch Adams. You could say the 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 movie where he. Oh God, I think it was about the Fault to Patch Adams. What dreams may come. Mm. That was good. Where mm-hmm. he's going, he he leaves heaven to save his wife from hell mm-hmm. after he dies.
1: He's a he's a great actor.
0: He was great. That he movie was really was funny out too. Out there out there another okay well if we're going to get rob williams right now let's just do it a, a movie that a lot of you probably haven't seen right now i doubt you've seen it this is this is i believe another kelwin brothers movie. no no this is terry gilliam this is the director of fear and loathing in las vegas and brazil he was one of the original monty python guys what else am i forgetting that terry gilliam has done he is a prolific filmmaker
1: um, what movie did he do with Robin Williams? The Fisher King. Robin Williams was that the chess movie? Jeff Bridges. No, no, you're thinking
0: of searching for Bobby Fisher, who uh. that was based on a real story because Bobby Fisher's, you know, the ace. What was the movie Chester called was. again? The Fisher King. I can't even Sounds remember exactly kind of why it's called like that. Terry Gilliam is out there, man. He does, he does some fantastical movies. He did The Brothers Grimm,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: think, with Matt Damon. And Heath Ledger was that before Heath Ledger died? They were he was doing another movie with Heath Ledger when he died, and they ended up redoing the movie and and making his character multiple characters. I can't remember what what the heck that movie was called. Terry Gilliam will always have a special place in my heart for *Fear and Loathing* mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, and he was already an established legend before that movie came out. Like he's he's got his own genre going on like uh, Wes Anderson but way before Wes Anderson like he's he, he's magic um, the Fisher King Jeff Bridges is the main character star of the Big Lebowski the movie that I keep that I'm going to make you watch one of these days I'm going to find my VHS copy and loan you my only VHS player for a night so that you can watch it and uh, or I'll, or you know I'll sponsor the five dollars on Amazon or something or whatever it takes
1: I think, I, I mean, I've seen some of it. Gotta watch the Big Lebowski.
0: Uh, in the beginning of the movie, Jeff Bridges plays a DJ who's kind of political and incendiary and sort of a shtick. Like, he might not be meaning everything he exactly says. He exaggerates it a bit just for effect to be entertaining kind of thing. And it, he inadvertently inspires a sh- Somebody to come in and come into some like random diner, I think, and blow a bunch of random people away. One of the people is Robin Williams' character's wife. So that's kind of the setup to the movie, and most of the movie takes place five years later. Jeff Bridges is kind of washed up and he. Somehow, I can't remember how it is, he ends up running in. Robin Williams, it takes place in New York City. I think the fact that it's New York, I'm almost, yeah, New York City is a kind of a character in the movie. Robin Williams is a crazy homeless man living in Central Park, I think. And he has a distorted view of reality where it's all a big night and night fighting a dragon to save a princess, kind mm-hmm. of kind of thing. So he's sort of applying that view to our world, but it's our world through Terry Gilliam's slightly Gilliamized, you know, culturally reflected view of our humanity and the human relations that are going on, and Jeff Bridges. I think early on, realizes that he's responsible for this person's condition. And, you know, they're nuts or they are seeing... you know but you know eventually throughout the movie you start to wonder if Rob Williams is actually like a you know actually very very perceptive about some some kind of aspect on things maybe I think that I'm pretty sure I mean it's been a long time since I've seen it but I was impressed and I was gripped and mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Bridges has a love interest. I think Robert Williams eventually, his character even has like a love interest and there's just all, it's a long movie. I think it's pushing three hours, but I believe every, is long. every minute is worth it. Work of art, masterpiece, another one of those things that maybe it even was nominated for Best Picture. Certainly would have deserved it. Certainly would have deserved it. I would have been proud of the Oscars that year. And it's believable enough because it's out there enough and it's artsy enough and it might touch on enough deep themes or something. So definitely check out The Fisher King for some, you know, some Robin Williams might not have heard. Another Robin Williams might not have heard of is The World According to Garp. I'll lead it off by admitting to you that. This is kind of a Homer bias of mine because the World According to Garp by John Irving. It's sad that I don't remember the author's name. I haven't read I don't read novels or nonfiction right now. Like it's all I said fiction, right? All mm-hmm. novels are fiction. Yeah. It's all nonfiction for me right now. It's all like health and fitness and nutrition and human behavior. Like I don't I don't really read stories too much. So I'm reading the novel ver- the novelization of ready player one with my kid because he loved the movie so much and i'm like all right you want to you want to read a book like we'll read a book like this is you know and i'm i'm actually censoring some of it as we go because it's not necessarily a kid's book but it but i'm reading it to him so i get i'm able to be like mm, no <laughs> he doesn't need to hear this <laughs> it's a good book so far it seems pretty dope uh, I, I like it. I like, and it's complete. It's a lot different from the movie too, which is very satisfying. You know, they had to adapt. It's 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 a it's a, it's a rich book that you can't capture everything going on in even two hours and thirty five minutes or whatever they let Spielberg get away with this mm-hmm. time. Uh, and the, you know, the movie was top notch. Like I said, you know, last week, top notch. Um, and the book so far, I could see why Mr. Spielberg would be inspired to make a movie of this, and definitely had to had to take a lot of liberties with it to make it m- movieable. So the book is a very satisfying experience so far. I, I recommend both both mediums. Um, shoot, I got sidetracked by the book *Ready Player One*. What was I talking about?
1: We were talking about *Jumanji*. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we went down this road, but we were Robert Williams. Yeah. It was
0: Robert Williams. We had to pay amateur Williams, Fisher King. All right, I think yeah. uh, I think we're good on that. If there's any loose ends, I'll pick it up next here's week. Here's the
1: main question. <laughs> here's the main question. Which Jumanji did you like better, one or two? <laughs> I don't remember one at all. Really? Like I really
0: don't remember. I know I watched it. I've seen it once. I don't remember it at all. I remember you paid it.
1: homage to Robin Williams and honestly for me like
0: Well, I guess then I would have to say I am I think Robin Williams has done way better. Oh, I was talking about I love books. Both of them. I was talking about books and World According to Garp. That was the Robin Williams <laughs> movie that I was talking about. It's still worth watching. Vintage for some well, vintage I Robin saying, Williams. And I'll tie Robin a bow Williams on that. You can just press play. And I'll tie a bow on that. He's one I of will those say guys. that Jumanji didn't draw me in like Hook or Mrs. Doubtfire uh-huh. or Goodwill Hunting or The Fisher King or any of those, and maybe I owe it another watch. I don't know.
1: I like Jumanji.
0: I think so. I would actually say, even out. after all that gloating over Robin Williams, I like the new Jumanji better than the old one. All like, the top um, of my head.
1: But I did I see the is, old one first. I didn't find out about Again. Robin Williams until later, and for some reason, Jumanji at my age was like one of the first Robin Williams of his movies I've seen yeah, and I fell in love with it and that's actually a paying homage to Robin Williams and how great he is because I was in love with the first Jumanji okay. so of course when I heard they were coming out with the second one I was a little skeptical But that as soon as they should said be, man. well here's the thing I heard they were remaking Jumanji and I was like ah oh. but then I heard <laughs> it's going to start you know The Rock, Kevin Hart and Jack Black and I went okay Okay, like, I at least got to give it give it the, uh...
0: And at the time, you didn't even know there would be Karen Gillan, a.k.a. Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think I might add her to... Uh, I, and I, I don't go out there looking for celebrity crushes, but, like... The, she killed it. She was awesome. She killed she it. She was awesome. She might make the list up there below, or, may you know, around... Killed Leslie it. Leslie Mann.
1: And, um, one or two others. I have to say though, from transitioning from part one to part two though, like Jumanji, going from both stories was perfect. I love how the new Jumanji with the rock. Uh, what is it? Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, or yeah, whatever. It is. That's it. Uh, the name for it. The new one. Um, it, it just picked off at a great time. I mean, I love how it went from the board game, and then in the new century, it went to at least the old like Atari-looking game. Like at least it was an and electronic. And you were like,
0: and at first you're like, how? What? 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 But it's 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 the cartridge that went with the original board game. So it's it's you're like, okay, and it is, and it was a beat old, yeah, Atari 2600-looking-looking looking thing. So like, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Okay, it's the it is the same game. It's yeah. the same game. Yeah, like these all kids right. nowadays, all you right. could have found
1: a board game in that room while they were cleaning at their high school. But it was great what they did they with have it. They opened it, and yeah. the, I, and I like. At first, I was thinking, like, are you gonna
0: try and tell? I was very skeptical at first. So I was ready to. I was ready to eviscerate this movie. Mm-hmm. Like my son really wanted to see mm-hmm. it, and I was like, all right. And like I was thinking, like, all right, The Rock will make it entertaining most likely, even though. Maybe I need to revisit it. The Rock was in the rundown, right? Yes. Wasn't that him? That was, that was one of his. That might have been one of his like first movies.
1: It was like he I
0: was, hated it.
1: It's like he came out with two movies at the same exact time.
0: After I saw that movie, after I walked out of the theater, me and my girlfriend looked at each other and we were like, "That was trash." Would you have left that earlier? And we were both like, "Yes." We're like, "Damn, we could have had forty-five minutes of our lives back." But other than that, The Rock, ha- I've never been disappointed by anything. He didn't do. You like Doom? I never saw Doom. Okay, There's I want to do shout out to Car- Carl Urban There's though. A the you've star. Never seen Doom. I mean, I knew it was trash, and that yeah, that was like his one of his first movies too, where it, yeah. before he had before he was able to be like, Nah, dude, I'm not doing this trash. If I'm gonna do trash, it's gonna be good, entertaining trash the like game, San Andreas, I mean, which the movie is still that really
1: broke out the rock, in my opinion. Got some the, redeeming human
0: relationships the, um, in it. Man, it was heartwarming. It was, was, was great. Was when he went to
1: Disney and he did the game plan. That was the movie. That was the movie where I think The Rock really broke through. Oh, I didn't see any of those goofy Rock Disney movies. I bet they were fine for what they were. The, the game plan wasn't a goofy. One. I I recommend that. Honestly, didn't I wasn't he also, you wasn't you he would also like it.
0: the Tooth Fairy?
1: Yeah, that was I forgot about that. I might not It have is a, what it is. Okay, I have a blanket right.
0: defense of all Rock movies that I have personally more witness to. I'm but, not going to go defending the Tooth Fairy.
1: Yeah, he did, or the tooth a tooth fairy. fairy,
0: or any tooth fairy. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta Ooh. consume that
1: first. Race to Witch Mountain was at least like probably a good like if you're ten oh, to twelve man, years old. Oh man, deep you loved it. pool
0: man, you are. Woo.
1: I mean, I love me woo. some Rock man. I used to watch Rock when I was a kid. When I used to um, be a big WWF fan, like or WWE uh, fan. I'm sorry, like The Rock was what I grew up with. Rock Stone Cold was part of that Attitude mm-hmm. Era. Mick Foley, Triple H, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I really was big fans of and used to watch them weekly i mean if you were a wrestling fan you watch these guys weekly year round mm-hmm. every monday night these men and women were on monday night raw and the rock was a big part of that for a long time and for a lot of years yeah. especially during yeah. my um yeah. time that i actually really like was in you love couldn't with write the, the story
0: of professional wrestling without the rock
1: yeah so I've been following his whole career. I mean, I used to, I liked him. I thought he was dope in the Mummy Returns, the you know the second Mummy installment, and then they made a spinoff off of that and created the Scorpion King movie based around The Rock. I mean, I mean
0: you just can't. You just want you want to see him on that big. You screen. You always knew he was money. You and, want to and, see him on that big screen. You want to see him doing as much as possible.
1: He just started a new franchise because just to let you know about Jumanji. I mean, I thought he killed it in Jumanji. Uh, like I said. Uh, kill him. she was she killed it uh jack black was very funny i mean it was so funny because all the actors had to act like 12 year olds yes. 13
0: year olds 14 year olds yes. whatever they were whatever they were high schoolers i guess so maybe and a little it. bit older they were great yes. they were great one thing is you know when when a couple of the actors went in for a kiss scene and you know they're they're like these studly yeah you know, picturesque, beautiful specimens of humanity, yeah. and then they're like kissing all awkwardly, like twelve-year-olds would. Like to do. it is so, like it's perfect, and the way their mannerisms are are great, and the fact that you know you got sort of a valley girl dropping into the body of Jack Black, so he's got to act like a hot teenage girl, and he murders it. And there's a the, the the scene where the hot valley girl Jack Black has to train Karen Gillan's you know twelve you know twelve twelve year old girl in the body of Karen Gillan to go flirt with some guards at mm-hmm. a compound and like that, that and it's it's great what because Karen Gillan's twelve year old girl is you know kind of a. You know, not she's not a goth girl, but I might as well say goth girl because it is that's you know the awkward, and you know almost anti-social, Young shy. Young men. She
1: is the 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 quietest girl in the room, but will grow up to be the hottest.
0: Yeah, and it, and you know it's great because it's a great through line that the you know the the nerd who falls into the rock's body you know appreciates her for you know they 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 had they had already appreciated each other for what they were before they managed to fall into the Atari 2600 version of Jumaji and uh i mean it's funny seeing them try to you know having the perfect the perfect physique while navigating their insecurities and it was a very interesting take on Jumanji because that had nothing to do with the first one at all. Mm-hmm. And it was the you know the whole storyline of this one it was very it was very big to it like you know fi- you know finding your true self you know one of those things that they you know it's kind of a easy cliche trope to drop into these disneyish kind of kind of things and all that but they murdered it. And they had all kinds of cool stuff going on. And well, then um, I go on and on about action comedies, and this is pretty good action comedy. It is. It is. And Karen Gillan's fight scene, like one of her, sh- you know, the characters have different strengths and weaknesses, and one of her strengths is fight dancing. <laughs> she ends up fight dancing
1: to. Uh, oh my god, I died.
0: <laughs> what was I have written down? I died I can't a little. Even over remember this? Well, to baby, I love your way. <laughs>
1: And, and then the <laughs> other one when you're speaking. It was
0: great. It was a masterful dance scene. It was great. And this movie you say, was
1: beautiful. When you say special attributes, I got to give a shout out to Kevin Hart's cake. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah. He ate the cake and then his reaction to it. He said this was red.
0: and then it's yeah, it's funny because he gets the cake. One of his weaknesses is cake, and this is one of the things that was ruined in the in the in the trailers. But it was still made even even more funny with the little bit more that they gave you I in, didn't the see it in the movie. That... It was all over the
1: my cake. My weakness is cake. Yeah. What does that mean? I try when I see a movie I like, um, especially a remake. I just stay completely away from the trailers. Yeah, I'm pretty good about that. I try learned, to avoid like, sometimes spoilers the best of TV parts. shows and stuff. Yeah. Like
0: I'm huge Game of Thrones. I'm all up to date on the on the current episodes and books mm-hmm. that are released. But I don't want to know anything that's been leaked. Don't mm-hmm. tell
1: me. Don't tell me. Yeah, I want it those to be. Clips and I want the it, I
0: want it to be revealed as the artist intends it to be. That's yeah. what I want.
1: Like when I hear a movie like Spider Man or or in this instance, uh, let me just bridge into the next question I was going to ask. How do you feel because this Jumanji movie that you saw with The Rock, Jack Black, uh, what's her name, Karen Gillum? Mm-hmm. Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan and um, Kevin
0: Hart. Who's beautiful as Nebula. Yes. And be- I mean beautiful in all yeah. senses. Like a beautiful performance is what
1: I meant but she's also beautiful. But I was just reading it all for them signed sign back on. They're going to do another Jumanji. So already Well I feel bad for them, the them getting
0: sucked back into the video game but I'm down. <laughs> Why not? Do it. I just hope they do, do it.
1: it. I hope they do it right, because I mean, I know why they're doing another one right away. I mean, money, you make a money, billion dollars. Money, money, yeah. money. You make a billion dollars off of that franchise. If you, you can keep all of the one.
0: same main players involved, and I don't just mean actors, I mean writers and directors. I'm not sure which one is more important. I would almost say the writer is more important, but a dire- but the director is. That's a tough call to make. Yeah. If you can keep all the major players involved that all want to make the same money, uh, there's a good chance they could execute. Since it's already a sequel, revamp, remake, uh, I think that they could. I think they could. I think they could pull it off.
1: I mean, wh- okay. So, final question about the Jumanji saga: Which one did you like better, the second or first one? Did you definitely establish you like the second one better?
0: That's what I would have to say because I don't. I don't remember the first one very well. I would think before I'd have to give my final answer, I would have to re-watch the first one, but I'm honestly not in a hurry to
1: because
0: mm-hmm. as much as I love Robert Williams, as much as I went off to him, and as much as... Like he, and, you know, I didn't even talk about Mork and Mindy. Like, I've, I watched a lot of Mork and Mindy when I was little. Like, I, I, and Goodwill Hunting was uh, just a, a, another masterpiece that wouldn't be that without Robin Williams. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's, you know, you know, at the time I was thinking, like, is this the best thing he's ever done? Like, is this the best
1: performance of it's his career? Right. Like, I it's mean. up
0: there. And, like, he's only in the movie for, what, 20 minutes or something? I don't know, 12 minutes? I don't even know. 27 yeah, but minutes? And he had an
1: important role oh, yeah, in that movie. He was so good.
0: And, like, and just the, 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 the He's like Matthew McConaughey seven minutes in the Wolf of Wall Street only times a, well I don't know I don't want to downgrade it was I don't want to downgrade
1: look. that but like it was a different look than anything you've so ever good. seen it was so good it really was God it was so good but it was very good but, but yeah
0: with that I would say I would have to say the second Jumanji is better because you know I I would sooner rewatch the second Jumanji than watch the rewatch the first one just because. It was. I know how entertained I would be, and it's still fresh, and I still want to consume everything that was in it and all the tiny details. That I have a feeling that that's the kind of movie that would maybe even pay off to rewatch a second time, knowing everything that happens and seeing all of the little foreshadowings and Easter eggs and everything. I, yeah, because they brought like, up the I first give that one to the second I give one that very... movie Very. One thing I really like about that movie is okay. So there's a scene where. Kevin Hart's character pushes The Rock's character off a cliff, mm-hmm. and you kind of almost expect The Rock's character to come down and push him right off a cliff, and instead he doesn't. And I just, I really, you know, I, I like. I mean, maybe I should have predicted that he would not, but I don't know. Like, I, I like, you know, the, I like what I like the things they did with the characters in that movie. Yeah, but he got everything. him back
1: when he fed him to the
0: <laughs> Well, that was for a purpose.
1: <laughs> it was good. Right. No, but for me. um, I'm gonna just give a cop-out answer and say I like them both equal and the reason I think I can say that is because the first version was completely different than the second version. This wasn't a remake. To me, I felt like this Jumanji was actually was a continuation. It was like a sequel, sequel prequel, like 300. It was a continuation. The second 300 was actually pretty decent. A continuation of a, of, of a completely different way. Like, like I got to give it to the director. He envisioned Jumanji 2 a completely different way than the first one. I, I love how on this one you 600. had, they didn't have like, you had three lives in the first one. Yeah, it was cool. I liked the And that's a completely different element they brought in because it made for some really good parts of the movie. And the way they can adapt off of that is what's going to be special to see in the Jumanji And the way one
0: character was able to give another character one Mm -hmm. of their lives, that was very creative and artfully done, I would say. I was impressed with that. I always thought the
1: first Jumanji was the perfect story. Mm-hmm. And it had the perfect ending. I loved everything about it. Everything about that first movie. It had a great story to it. Um, I think to compare both of them, I think because of when I watched Jumanji One and the time in my life and my age. You know, like I said, I've already seen Jumanji One like ten times. Damn. I've seen Jumanji I mean, throughout my life. I mean, right. Like I said, I came out younger. It was one right. of my favorite movies. When you have more time to burn, when you're a kid. Oh yeah. You know, you watch. watched the movies. I've seen Total Recall like 25 times. We yeah. talked about that at some point tonight. And then, um, of course, Jumanji it was 2. That's probably in part one. Check it out, folks. I've already seen it twice just to, let, just to show how much I like that movie. I watched it once by myself because I was sick on vacation. And I was like, I'm on vacation. I at least got to get out of the house and do something. So I at least went to the movies and enjoyed some me time. Mm. And then, of course, the second time with my girlfriend, Gabby underscore T., We sat down and watched it because she wanted to see it. As soon as it came out on video, we rented it and and enjoyed it on one night. Um, I thought the second one was very good. Um, So I'm going to do the cop-out answer. I thought they were both unique in its own way, and they weren't alike. They were completely different stories, and I'm going to say I like them both equally the same. Fair enough. You feel how you feel. It's a cop-out,
0: but I don't care. All right, we're going to skip the healthy health talk uh you can catch you can catch that i'm gonna be like i said dumping three or four or five episodes this week and you'll hear all about uh how we're trying to live healthy despite the landscape of predominantly unhealthy things that are given before us but you can do it and it is getting easier keep uh, the good fight going but what about connor what about Connor? What about uh, Connor at Jonah's MMA? What about Connor? What is Connor that guy McGregor. doing? What are we talking about here? What's happening? What's going on?
1: I don't know. What the hell? I mean, this anybody that acts really surprised by these acts, I must say, you got to be kidding yourself. I, I called these type of actions when I said Connor McGregor should have been punished at that Bellator event when he was at a Bellator event and jumped over into mm-hmm. the cage knocked over a concussed fighter, and it went after the referee. Before the fight, whistle was blown. And nothing To mark then. the end of the match. Yes? yes right. said should have been punished. Am I down. right?
0: The fight was still technically going yes, on. Yes, it was
1: still, still technically going. Yes, right. it was a mess, okay? And I thought he should have been arrested then, and why Bellator didn't do anything, shame on you. I said it then, and I'm going to say it again. Like, shame on you. Well,
0: because maybe they were just like, well, if he gets kicked out of UFC, we got him.
1: But then we get to this UFC 223. And media day was... I mean, we've already had a crappy week as an MMA fan. Okay, we really did. It was bad. It's been beat up. Remember, it started on April Fool's Day. I mean, the biggest joke in the world. When everybody is resisting to even look at any type of Tony versus Khabib cancellations, that's the day you legitimately come out with the news that Tony and Khabib is canceled for a fourth time. Mm -hmm. And then we roll into, like, Max Holloway softened the blow because he was a you know, announced as your next contender right away. You got the featherweight champ fighting Khabib. Okay, we're right, all Right, he was ready. already
0: slated to fight we're on that right card, so yes. he's already in fight shape. He's already ready to yes, go. He's so it really a different opponent and everything. Low. How differently it, were those opponents? How differently were Max Holloway's opponents? Very different. But yeah. both
1: lanky... But still, very different. I mean, they're still, both top elite still fighters,
0: much better than what we. But met, then the press what? conference
1: comes out, and Max Holloway sold it. Khabib sold it. It was like a perfect press conference. You were now sold on Max Holloway and Khabib, so you're, 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 you're everything was up. You know, you felt great. Yeah, I mean, they're
0: both equally unprepared they for get each the other. Media the day on least. Thursday,
1: everything without went without a hitch until the very end of it. Where Conor McGregor and about two Irish mobsters, thugs, goons, friends, comrades, whatever showed up with him at media day at the Berkeley Center and as all the red team the fighters that were on the red team were on a bus and they were on their way out they went and attacked the bus fighters on the bus didn't know what it was from what I heard from everybody's account nobody knew what was going on they were on the bus getting ready to leave all settled in sitting down nice and comfy after a long media day while they're trying to cut weight and all of a sudden, they hear banging and all this other stuff going on. Next thing you know, a dolly goes through the bus window. All right. At first, they thought they were being attacked by terrorists. Hmm. They didn't know what was going on. They're in the Barclay Center, in New York City. They didn't understand. They started realizing it was Connor, but by the time they realized it was Connor, a dolly's already been thrown through the window. Michael Chiesa is all cut up. Ray Borg didn't know it at the time, but Ray Borg actually got. You know, glass in the corner of his eye. I hate hearing eyes. this. I hate hearing this. Uh, oh my god! Thug Rose Namajunas almost had I her be hand smashed. So she said mad. she her hand I would be just so mad
0: if I had glass in my eye from somebody doing some and nonsense like this. Anyways, I'd be so mad. It
1: was twenty. Oh ir- my god! Yeah, twenty oh people, god. twenty Irishmen. You could blind somebody. Outside, you could blind somebody. Around, what are, all are you going doing? after Khabib Nurmagomedov? Now, everything about this ta- tape—it's all called on camera. Um, you know, and I asked Sean Neubauer at the MMA Insomniac this earlier. And I want to ask MMA you the same underscore question. insomniac, right? My biggest takeaway from this, and I want your honest opinion real quick, was this event that Conor McGregor did at the end of Media Day before UFC two twenty three, was it the most disgusting act ever that you've seen in sports or just in MMA and UFC alone? Well, I mean, that's a complicated question because you've had athletes murder people. Yeah, so so okay, let's take out not, the other sports. It's not murder. I mean, the other sports. I don't even know why I asked. that Because we already know it is, and we have Michael Vick with the dog incident. We have we have so many things in other sports, but that's not that's not what this is about right now. We're gonna yeah, we're dude. not gonna point our fingers in other sports. We're gonna say what happened in our sport. Was this the most disgusting act you've ever seen in MMA? Well, or I in guess UFC the closest
0: comparison would be John Jones drunk driving hitting the pregnant woman breaking her hand and running away I'd have to say that one's worse in a sense yes but in a sense when John Jones is doing that kind of irresponsible behavior Mm -hmm. he is numb to the way he might affect the people around him and he is probably more in a in a mode of self-destruction Why he's driving around drunk with drugs on him and he has to flee the site of an ac- He's he's a little intoxicated so he has a accident and then he's gotta flee to well maybe not hide his drugs but sober up so that's pretty dirty but but this is almost a different animal so maybe it's not comparable. Let's flush this out a little bit here. Cuz I'm not comparable. sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. Let's talk it out a little bit. Let's talk it out a little bit. No, no, no. Because okay, so John Jones John Jones is getting is is drunk and he hits a woman.
1: Mhm. Who happens
0: to be pregnant? So he has an He has. He's driving drunk. I don't know how drunk. I guess we don't know because he ran away so that he wouldn't fail the breathalyzer test. That's basically what people say. That's why he fled the scene. He fled the scene. Oh, I'm sure. 100%. He fled. He fled the scene so that he 100%. wouldn't get a DWI but, or a DUI. He would just get fleeing the site of an accident and then you know whatever whatever else. So that's bad, but. Let's 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 compare, you know, basically what ultimately happened was he got behind the wheel when he was too intoxicated versus throwing a dolly at a bus.
1: Well, here here's full the of thing. people
0: that don't expect that dolly to be coming. And but, you don't know if that dolly is going to hit that crossbeam and shatter some windows or you don't know if that dolly is going to fly in between two crossbeams. Maybe you feel like that dolly is so heavy even you, the notorious Condor McGregor, don't have the strength to get it up that high. Maybe you didn't expect it to go that high. But you still you still you know, use some of your mixed martial arts training to use the momentum of that dolly. I feel like if I picked up a, if I was able to lift that dolly off the ground, I'll be able to use that dolly's momentum to throw it as almost as uh, high enough to shatter some bus windows and possibly pass through some bus windows. And if it goes all the way into the bus, who knows? You're not talking about cancelled fights. We could be talking about something
1: way worse well here's how I'm going to break it down Hmm? you have to look at both instances instances, and you have to look at the the common denominators okay first the two people we have John Jones a drunk driving lunatic who doesn't know his own state probably okay his own mental state he doesn't know where he's at he's out of his mind he drank too much you have Conor McGregor are you saying that anybody who gets behind the wheel because they've had too much to drink
0: is a lunatic like what do you mean
1: yeah I mean, if you get behind the wheel when you're that drunk that you run from a crime scene after hitting somebody, yeah, then you you probably had way too much to drink. Well, I mean, you are a lunatic because you're gonna. Let's face it, drinking and driving.
0: I mean, he might. I mean, I'm not. I'm not defending what he has done. I'm not saying that I would do it, but if I was a high profile celebrity like that and who who knows what else he was on maybe it wasn't he, the first Perhaps he was out of his mind. Okay, him, him not being the first but but it might be the also the work of a tactical smart mind. He might not be a lunatic. No, he, already, he might be thinking, "All right, this would be better than a DWI right now."
1: No, Flight already, fleeing
0: the scene of an accident could be better than a This was, it. was
1: after totaling a car up against a pole. Just months. I mean, all the more reason, all the more reason for him to have a few hours
0: before he's got to blow into a machine.
1: Lunatic. That's the second crash he got in, um, and fled the scene. First time it was up against the pole. Okay. Uh, And then against Irish. I mean, but I'm saying that doesn't
0: discount what I'm saying
1: here. No, I was just telling you that the. the It doesn't make him a lunatic. It doesn't make him a lunatic. I think it does the second time it makes
0: him perhaps a narcissist and a sociopath so I guess perhaps I mean, yeah a lunatic but it though. doesn't it's make it it doesn't it doesn't, doesn't mean that. It, mean. it doesn't mean he's necessarily worse than what Connor did go ahead it doesn't mean yeah. he's worse than what Connor did
1: I was just saying Connor is a rage filled lunatic yeah going in the Barclays Center looking to even a grudge for his friend both of them lunatics in my opinion mm. you have let's take the weapon of choice okay <laughs> The weapon of choice is Conor McGregor has a dolly.
0: Okay, Uh a dolly
1: is pretty heavy. It can hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. The only thing I'll give a dolly, it can't kill nobody. John Jones, a car. Right. Well, he's... A car. Grossly
0: negligent for getting behind the wheel of a car. I have to
1: say, as far as weapon of choice... Being too intoxicated. I give a point to Conor McGregor because John Jones... Could've killed somebody easily. Yeah, but I I still
0: think that Conor McGregor had more malice in his heart launching that dolly at that bus than John Jones did deciding to
1: You have to take the victim. Treat his car like a club. And I know shoulda woulda coulda. There was girls on that bus. And I'm not justifying any acts, but then I have to I'm just saying which one was worse. Okay, that's all we're breaking. We're technically breaking down what was the worst act in UFC history. The victims. Michael Chiesa, professional cage fighter, 155 pounds, pretty good at it too. Ray Borg, professional cage fighter, 125 pounds, but pretty good at it too. John Jones' victim, a pregnant woman, <laughs> broke her arm. All right. in that crash. All right, You're, so, you
0: might be right here. <laughs> like, you might be right here, but <laughs> but but if we're saying shoulda, coulda, woulda. John Jones could have killed one and a half people, and Conor McGregor could have killed five people. But It's possible.
1: At the end of the day, Conor McGregor's act... Five people with much higher
0: earning potential probably. And people
1: will let me know. And people (laughs) will let me know. Please don't hate me. But if people start telling me now, Conor McGregor's act is the second worst, and it is not, not cool at all. Mm -mm. It was the most disgusting act. I'd have to say no. The only difference between Conor's attack and John Jones' attack also